Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two. Yes, we're back for a second episode here on FNR Football Nation Radio of the NPL Victoria podcast. Nick Tobano and Lockie Flanagan here. We do apologize for the slight delay. We actually had a bit of a false alarm in here. Now, we thought the building was going to be. We genuinely, down. there was this smell. And it started to reverberate through the studio, and we're like, uh-oh, this is, this is not looking good. So we did a bit of smelling. We smelled all around the studio trying to find <laughs> As the one does during and a fire. We were like, okay, Potential the, fire. the alarm there is... hasn't gone off. There's, there's no smoke. We've, we've t- touched all the potential things that could potentially, you know, cause some destruction in the studio or in the destruction building. Destruction in the box. Great yeah. form of podcast. Shout out to Destruction in the Box. Um, but we are still well and truly here. We're all good for now. Um, so yeah, we're soldiering on and that's a reason why we're 10 minutes late. So if you're listening on the podcast, you're all good. You don't need to worry about it. We are always live live for you you guys. But if you're listening on the app or you're listening on Facebook live or or Twitter or Twitch, wherever you might be getting it, um, we we do apologize for the delays. So we're all good. Our our producer, Oscar Rutherford as well, telling us it's all good. We're all good. Ready to go. He's, he's, he's pumped up. He's ready. He's actually going to be on camera today after Lockie, uh, you know, decided to release the shadow ban that was on him. Okay. Um, well, that's a false narrative. But, but but in all lucky, we're in a very jovial mood here. Uh, we are. Well, it was it was top. look, it was a it was a good weekend of 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 NPL Victoria football. Anytime the top 4 are playing against one another and you have a Dandenong derby yes. all all condensed within a single 48-hour span because we didn't have any Sunday games this weekend. No. We played all the games uh, 6 p.m. at Paisley Park between Altona Magic and Heidelberg was the last fixture of the weekend. So it was all crammed into one, and we had first against fourth, we had second v third, and we had a Dandenong derby. We did, and on And top we had a Croatian derby as well, we the had, last we one of the a, season. We had How a Croatian derby as well. We had big games in NPL women's, big games in NPL 2. We can't forget the title race in NPL 2, Lockie. Jesus Christ, that promotion oh, race the is NPL unbelievable. Title race. And in NPL 3 as well, we had some big games as well. Me and Oscar were down at the Melbourne Victory game here on yes. FNF. You Caught that one, that 2-1 two, two, win against Springvale Wide Eagles. win for victory. But before we get into the, the big review, obviously our game of the round is Oakley versus Port Melbourne. We caught up with Wade Decker. He's going to go and give us a little bit of a chat about what's going on. He's actually covered a lot of things, didn't we? We covered quite did, a lot of yeah. ground. So, Churches Leagues, uh, his triple hat-trick season, yep. uh, the 2021 and the 2022 two title. So, whether, whether they actually talk about it, that's the thing. That's Do true. the players actually care? That's actually it, the first time I've ever like, spoken to like a player yeah, about it before. Does, does so. anyone Anyone else, does anyone else care other than Avondale? That's the question we wanted to ask. Well, I'm not sure Avondale will care that much anymore. Well, I don't know either. if they really do. It's See, like you know what? I find that the less other people have cared about it, the more I have started caring about it. Like yeah. I, I think about it. I think about the 2021 <laughs> title way more than I should. Like, like I, an unhealthily large amount. You know, it's it's funny because I looked at my roster for the next few weeks and I realised that on that Saturday when uh, Oakley plays South Melbourne and that win for Oakley. If they do win that, they could go top they in 2022 and could seal the 2021 championship. And, Lockie, I'm making sure I'm blanking that calendar because, one, I either want to be there, you know, hopefully part of the commentary team, or, two, I want to be watching that game in some form because it is going to be an absolute ripper-dipper, and I cannot wait for that contest. So, you know what, Lockie? I'm fired up. I reckon let's get into it. Let's get into all the big stuff before we get to Wade Decker's interview a little bit later. Well, let's where do you want to start, Nick? Because let's, we, can, we can go in chronological order. We can start with the Dandenong well, Derby. That's the juiciest well, why part. Don't we start, oh, no, why, why don't we just start with the Dandy Derby? Because okay, uh, sure. we had our good friend Joey Lynch calling that one uh, down at Frank Holloham Reserve. Dandenong Thunder with a 3-1 win over Dandy City. Dandy City back in the relegation zone after that loss. Dandy Thunder, on the other hand, 
Mounting a bit of a case. They're still in that mid-table log jam. They're trying to put together a bit of a run towards the um, towards the top six. They've made some big signings during the week, Lockie, which they I want to ask you about in just a second. But a uh, big win for David Chick's side going into sort of the, the final portion of the season and a bit of bragging rights to go with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a, an important win for, for Thunder, obviously picking themselves back up to, to winning ways after... Uh, a pretty disappointing game, I thought, against uh, against Port Melbourne. Obviously, it's never easy to to play against the Sharkies, and unless your name's the uh, the Oakley Cannons. But it, it wasn't just the fact that they lost, but it was kind of the nature of that defeat. It was mm. uh, pretty one sided in large parts of that game. They found the going quite t- tough. So to score three with your new faces doing plenty of the damage uh, is really really important. And no one exemplified that better than Scott Lockhead. His first game in a Thunder shirt having come across in the mid-season window uh, from the Oakley Cannons as part of a double signing with Anthony Frangie. Both of those players mm-hmm. started, and both of them, from all reports, having cracking games, not least Scott Lockhead, who scored two belters. Yes. Two belters two on debut. belters. And uh, giving, giving Thunder an important win. And look, maybe... Maybe with the two signings, I know they're still a, a bit of a, the way back from the top six. I don't know. I, I just I'm it, really, it's going to be hard. It is going to be gonna hard. Take a lot, but I think I, I just wonder if maybe we could see a, a little sort of late surge from them. I'm not saying it's a final surge necessarily, but I could see them pull back up because, in particular, uh, obviously we've I've mentioned how well Scott Lockhead played in the actual game, but. I just think over the course of the season, it was weird because I was thinking about it after the Port Melbourne game and I was like, this Thunderside just feels like it's missing something and I can't necessarily put my finger on what exactly that it is. And I was like, it's a, it's a 10. You know, that I, think, I think an attacking midfielder has been a sort of really, really... They've got good midfielders, but a creative-minded presence, I think, has been lacking mm. at times in the heart of that Thunder midfield. Obviously, Ondelesio not being available as an attacking outlet makes that a big problem. And I think that they have really struck gold, potentially, with Scott Lockhead. Obviously, it's easy to say that after he scored a brace, um, but he's a player that, even in his Pasco Vale days, obviously, he initially came across from the UK uh, to be part of the Bentley Greens in 2020. That didn't happen. Uh, played a season at Paco where he ripped it up, a goal-scoring attacking midfielder. That got him the move to Oakley where he just didn't see enough football, couldn't break in. You know, Chris Taylor doesn't make a lot of changes. And I, I think Thunder is a great landing spot for him because they needed a creative presence and already we're seeing him deliver. And I just wonder with him there, with Anthony Frangie as well, who I don't think ever quite looked settled at the Melbourne Knights, but I think Thunder... He's a, he's a player who I think Anthony Frangi really relishes chaotic uh, yeah. environments. We saw that when games were really up and about, uh, argy bargy, that was when he was at his best. Like there was a chaotic game uh, against the Bentley Greens earlier this season for the Knights, where mm-hmm. he ran the show. And I think who are the, who are the best team in the league at creating chaos in their sort of on their home turf? I think it's the Thunder with, with yeah. the incredible fan base they've got. And I could see Anthony Frangie right. and that fan base getting on like a house on fire. So I'm not saying necessarily that they're going to get into the top six, but I could see with those two faces and potentially more, potentially more on the way, I could see them making a late push. Well, Danny Nong Thunder, I'll tell you what, their fans are purring. Bob Brown is up and about after that win. It's a, it's a good result for Danny Nong Thunder right now. They go into a 
A bit of a tough stretch. Uh, Avondale and South Melbourne away before returning to uh, their home comforts to take on Bentley Greens and obviously Knights, St. Albans, Hume, Green Gully to end the season. So they can probably play spoiler. I don't think they can get in the top six. I think that might be a bridge too far considering how six place Heidelberg are playing at the moment. Um, so it's one to certainly keep an eye on. But I don't know. Uh, I, I just I just feel like it's given those two signings have given me a lot more hope. Yes, it's for just Thunder. that it's a lot to make up. Yeah, in a but short it, period. It, of time. Maybe if not for this yes, season, maybe for, next, for next season. season I, I I think that there's a lot to to take out of that. And there's a lot of excitement around Dandenong Thunder going into the end of the season. Uh, it's a big result for them as well. It doesn't matter how poorly Dandy City have played this season, beating them in a derby on the road. It's always a tough game when you're playing against a team that obviously are going for bragging rights team that were looking to to make it two wins on the bounce and, you know, back up that win against Eastern Lions. They did get back into the game through Gavin Denise's goal, but in the end, just not enough quality. Uh, Danny Nong Thunder just flexing in the second half, too good for them. Dandy City, not the best game from all reports from Steven Zapalovic, who was very good against Eastern Lions. Yeah. Um, Seems of, of all the games that you would expect him yeah, not was, to have an off-colour day on, you'd think the Dandy yeah. Nong Derby so would be it. But. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough one for Lupin Palinic to, to get this team to safety, obviously, with Hume getting, getting some points this week as well. They go into a very tough run now, Dandy City. They're on the road to Oakley on Friday night, then mm. back at home against Altona, Port Melbourne, two very tough defences. But then listen to this. Heidelberg away, Avondale at yeah. home, South Melbourne away, Bentley at home. They're going to have to run the gauntlet and well, some. Well, we, sp- we spoke about this last yes. week, didn't we, in the in the opening show, that you compare their run up against Hume, and now Hume don't exactly have uh, an easy, like, they're not all free hits kind of a run, yeah. but they definitely have more winnable games. Of course, they've got, crucially, a game against the Eastern Lions. And it's away, which season. is actually better for And them. it's away, because uh, as you, you pointed out, Eastern Lions have not won a single... Well, they haven't got, got a, a point. A single point. point. At home, I think in, in nine games, which is, is, is frankly ridiculous. So I think it will have to be I, – I think humour in – obviously they're level on points, but humor, for me, humour in the box in the box seat to stay up. I think Dandenong mm. City are probably going to be the team to go down. I know there are some new faces in the offing, uh, one in particular for City who might come in and, and, and make things interesting. Can we reveal who it is? I don't think we can. Not he's uh, Look, I'll say he's – they're not necessarily of the sort of – A-League men's 2019 triple signing kind of calibre, but they've got a good solid pedigree, and I think they will help to to change the balance in an important area of the pitch. But whether or not that's enough to save this team from relegation, Mm. I I don't know. I think I think I think Hume. uh, I still back in. I still back in Hume. But the mid-season window has still got time. There's still plenty of uh, plenty of time for people to. Be brought in. Well, as we mentioned, Avondale, Dandenong Thunder this Saturday. We'll preview that game a little bit later and Dandy City on the road as well against Oakley. Let's move on, Lockie, to the second of our games to look at. Why don't we go to Avondale versus Eastern Lions? Because this was <laughs> this was shaping up in the first five minutes to be a disastrous day at Avenger Park. Um, well, the, goal, the, goal, Mabratu. The, the first three minutes of this game, some of the most... Action like it, it's actually amazing how the NPL Victoria can manage to pack so much drama into such a small space of time. And I'm not talking 90 minutes here, I'm talking, talking three, three minutes. minutes. Golgol Mabratu pulling his hamstring 31 seconds into the game before he'd even taken a touch. The ball was played forward to him on the left hand side. And you can just say, I mean, if you go watch the replay on, on NPL.tv, you don't have to, uh, don't have to scroll very far forward to find it. Um, yeah, he's, he's, you can just see the hamstring goes, and it, it's look, it's a real shame 
for him. Obviously, you know me. I'm a card-carrying member, probably even the number one ticket holder of the of the Gold Gold Mubratu fan club. Um, so that's a real shame. Ho- hopefully, seconds. hamstrings are never, never great. Yep. You, n- you never expect a lot with that. Hopefully, it's enough to see maybe him at the back end of the season, but it's not ideal for yeah, him, a, a mid-season sort of marquee-style player. It's a real a, shame. Not at all, but one player who certainly stepped up was Manny Agwek. A 15-minute hat-trick in the second half was enough to give Avondale the lead. Obviously, Costa Emmanuel scored his first goal for Eastern Lions to open the scoring in the third minute, and they held... Avondale at bay until first half stoppage time. And I remember on Saturday, we both did three o'clock kickoffs as well. You were doing Lang Warren Bulleen and I was doing the victory versus Springvale mm. game. And I looked in a, in a lull, just do a quick around the grounds. Yes. Yeah. Right. We had ahead. the exact same experience. Yeah. And I this. was like, whoa, like one, this all. is, this, this is no one nil, one nil. Yeah. One of nil. Course. And then I check again and it was five, one. I'm like, the hell just happened here? Mm. Um, but Manny Agwek, very impressive performance. Three goals. When the damn wall burst, when, you know, as Joey Lynch put it in his article about the Matildas, damn walls are not supposed to burst. But in this case, it certainly did. And the goals just petered through. And it kind of sums up Eastern Lions' season to date that, you know, when they, when they, you know, when they start conceding, the goals just seem to leak. Uh, but Manny Agwek, well, a big performance for him. Uh, we actually had a question come through prior to the show, Lockie, about Manny Agwek. Um, this is easily his best performance of the season since coming in uh, to Avondale in the off-season. What have we got? Well, I mean, Oz, it was the, the question you're referring to. Yep. Is Oz Football Stats asking in relation to Manny Agwek. Obviously, he's on loan from the Mariners. He seems to be finding net recently. Can he make the step up from the NPL? It's an interesting one because, yes, he has obviously scored in back-to-back games now an important goal, a very important goal against Green Gully to get mm. that equaliser in the 90th minute. But I mean, before that, I think it was like a, an eight-game stretch that he'd gone without without scoring. I don't know. It's Would you, would you say that Agwek's time at Avondale so far has delivered on your expectations? Because I don't uh, know. I, I feel like I... I really like Manny Agwek uh, as a player, but I just feel like I, I I expected a little bit more from him this season. Maybe to an extent he's a, as a victim of Avondale's struggles as a mm. collective. But look, I, I, I don't, don't know. think he's I mean, been that bad. No, I think I, just you know the fact that he was in an A League academy for Western United and Central Coast. I think there was a lot of expectation around Manny Agwek, but. I mean, he's still a young player and he's still got time to certainly flourish. I think it's very hard because you look at Avondale's just embarrassment of riches in the final third. Like, you mm, know, that's they've still point. got guys like Yusuf Ahmed and Stefan Valentini and Liam Boland and Stefan Zini, Liston Diaz. Um, they're even playing Joey Katabian now as a six. Like, that goes to show how deep their attacking stocks mm. are. But I think Manny Agwek has still got a very high ceiling. Yeah, that's and true. And I think if he can end this season in the best way possible, considering he's still young, Considering he has been on the books of an A League side before, I think teams would be looking. Yeah, and he's and it's the Australia Cup around the corner as well. We'll That's certainly true. give him that that license. The well. other the other thing I would say, just so um, just so Oz football stats does feel like he's getting a bit of an answer. I'm not just playing a a straight bat. What I do, what I've seen from him in the last few weeks that has really, actually over the course of the season, that's really impressed me that I didn't necessarily know and or expect from Agwek's game. Like obviously we know him as a direct player, someone who can carry. Um, brilliant speed, can find a finish, all of those sorts of things. But one thing that he's got that I didn't necessarily realise before this season that I think would also be of interest to 
to A-League clubs, be it the Central Coast Mariners or others who might want to, you know, give him a run. His vertical ability uh, is incredible. Yeah. Is incredible. I mean, he scored a a towering header early in the season uh, at Knight Stadium in, in that game. Um, where he just managed to to leap higher than uh, than Tom Manos, the the yeah. goalkeeper, and then obviously his no look header against against Gully, where again yeah. he got higher than anyone else and flicked it over the top of Liam Driscoll. I mean that I think that's an asset to his game. You know, usually you've got the aerial ability or you've got the pace in behind. You don't often have both, mm. but Agwek does. Yeah, and I think that is a, a prospect that, especially in a league that like the A-League, is, is, is transitionally heavy. I think he can be a really valuable asset if he's utilised in the right way. Absolutely. So just having a look at Eastern Lions' run, they've gone five games unbeaten now, but you include those two draws, the start of this five-game unbeaten run, and you put it into the three games prior to that, they actually were five games without a win. So they're in some decent form now over the last five games. They're keeping themselves right in the mix for a home final and potentially now for third spot, closing the gap on Port Melbourne to only three points. They're the set, they, over the last five games, they have the second best form behind Heidelberg. Um, they go into a bit, as we mentioned, big game against Dandy Thunder, a great opportunity for them to continue to close the gap and then going into, again, another big game against Oakley at home. So a good run of home fixtures for them because, you know, they're going to have to try and close that gap. They, they want to end this season a flurry. We know if Avondale just get to the finals... They're a team that no one will want to come up against because they can get it done on the mm. biggest stage. They're a team that is starved of. Well, no, sorry, hang on, hang on. Let me let me rephrase. They're a team that you know you don't want to play in finals they're because compa- they can be competitive. competitive yes. But I should refrain. <laughs> they haven't actually gotten it done on the biggest the biggest stage yet because they still haven't won a piece of silver in the top tier. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks for them. Meanwhile, for Eastern Lions, seven points inside. Um, you you can't sum it up any differently other than this season has been a complete train wreck for them. They got a new signing out there in Dylan Tate, who debuted against Avondale, new striker they've brought in. Um, but Eastern Lions run now. They go back to their home pastures, taking on South Melbourne, top versus bottom. We mentioned they haven't gotten the point all season. It's going to be so hard for them now. They had, they basically have to go perfect to, to even have a chance of yeah. making it interesting for them. But now, I think with seven games to go, and there's seven points inside. When the fact that there's the yeah, same amount of games left and points you need, it's, it's going to be too hard. I, th- I think, I think, I think what's been disappointing. I, I think a lot, a lot of people, even before the start of the season, in recent seasons, were, were probably expecting Eastern Lions when they first came up to be uh, a one and done yeah. team, and they did have a good start to this season. But I, I, I think fairly early on into this campaign, people internal to the the Lions probably saw the writing on the wall and they mm. just d- don't necessarily have the financial acumen to to bring the kind of players in that can keep you up. I mean, you think about the quality of player that's at, I mean, even some of the players at Dandenong City, that the places they've come from that mm. they've played for uh, compared against an Eastern Lions and they're probably still going to go down too. So you compare that against Hume. Hume have got some incredible players. Yeah. So, and that there was just never going to be that much they could really do to rectify that. And I think a lot of people internally were happy to say, look, I think the focus is to just play um, the kids. To, to get to get young players getting minutes at the top flight. And to, to their credit, they have done that. And for them, I think the best possible way to finish this season would be to get a win. They've got, I think, four, just get a win at four home, home games left. I think uh, it's Knights, South Melbourne... 
Uh, Heidelberg uh, and Hume City. Not in that order. I think yep. Hume and, yep. Hume yep. and Heidelberg yep. can switch yep. them around. If they can just get one win, especially if it was against one of the big clubs, Be great to, to them. give them a nice little day out at Gardner's Creek um, with a, a young player scoring, I think I think that would be nice. Unfortunately, we can probably well, draw a line it's... through them in the top flight, but I think if you asked a lot of people at the club, they would probably say we've made our bet with that. Well, it's funny because they started the season okay. Like they were, they pushed Andy Thunder in the first game. They wrestled back a two-goal lead against Oakley and lost in very, very tough circumstances. Beat Altona on the road. And then everything from there just completely unraveled. Like it looked like maybe they could put something decent together this season and be competitive yeah. in the relegation zone. That's the thing, be competitive. But, you know, Kosti Puskashu left and things have just not worked out for mm. them. And when you've got teams in NPL 2 and even in, actually in NPL 3 when you look at Preston spending and getting bigger names in, of course it's going to be tougher for Eastern Lions to stay out when the teams that have the ambition to come into that, that first division are spending much more and have, you know, a much better squad. Like, yeah. putting it bluntly here, you can argue that maybe six, five to six teams in NPL 2 are better than Eastern Lions right now. That, that is no disrespect. It's just because Eastern Lions have gone for the kids. But when you look at, okay, North Geelong, Moreland City, where Moreland City are playing at home, by the way. This is not Moreland City on the road. It's like we talk about Eastern Lions yeah. at I, home. I don't, know. I, don't know if I'd say, I don't know if I'd say five or six, but I do think there is at, yeah, at, like least, at, least, Bale, at least three teams Brunswick, who have got yeah. on paper better, better teams. I, I think that's fair. Um, look, and... and we like the East. They're, they're a club of very nice people. Yeah, they, they've chosen yeah. the, the direction that they have. And look, it's probably going to lead to them going down. But that's okay. Like, the, the like let's not forget the journey they went on to, to get, get the, yeah. promoted to the NPL in the first place under uh, the late Jimmy Williams was remarkable. The fact they've got to this point is is fantastic. I'm just looking at some of the, the comments coming through. Josh Parrish, uh, NPL Victoria commentator extraordinaire, Preston Media Manager, FNR alum. Uh, saying that the fact that Manny Agwek has been entrusted with penalties shows how much Avondale believes in him in a way that other coaching staff haven't. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting mm. observation, actually. So yeah. that's a, another thing, another string to add to the bow of Manny Agwek. And then another question coming through from Josh asking if Thunder have taken over the mantle from Hyduk as uh, kings of the mid-season. Maybe signing. that was the, the coronation, the fact they beat them on start. Well, on I, I would have said yes, but we're, we're going to finish off this show with a, a wrap-up of some of the mm. transfers that happened. Before the show, about 40 minutes before the show, I would have said yes. Yeah. But then, 40 minutes to air, uh, Heidelberg have made a double signing that maybe changes my answer, but we'll, in case yeah, you haven't seen course, it, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit let's, later. Let's race Where are we through, going next? Let's race through the rest of the games, Lockie, because we do have to get to our Wade Decker interview. Um, let's go back to Friday night, South yep. Melbourne nil, Green Gully nil. Um, apparently, by all reports, a really good game well, of football. I actually, I actually watched this game back. Mm. Uh, I was I was commentating on the Friday night. I was at, I was at Summers Street doing Melbourne Knights St. Albans. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that soon. But th- this was genuinely one of the better nil-nil games that I have seen. Wow. Like, we're talking three shots off the crossbar, two for Gully, both from Gianluca Iannucci, uh, one for South Melbourne from Ben Jibber across the course of the mm-hmm. 90. It's very rare that you get three crossbar hits in one game and you end without a single goal. It was Look, it was a great game. Uh, Gully started really, really brightly. Uh, South Melbourne... Uh, I think maybe had a little bit of a difficult time dealing with the sort of intense high pressing that we we saw from Gully that worked for them against Avondale in the first thirty minutes as well. Um, 
Javi Lopez had to make an unbelievable one of one of the best saves that I've seen this season um, to deny Alex Salmon on about thirty minutes. Uh, as a, a volleyed effort from Salmon on a ball over the top, and Javi Lopez gets the left palm down to it to tip it away. It was just absolutely ridiculous, Incredible. and it really ended, did end up being a night for the goalkeepers because uh, Liam Driscoll also with an incredible save a, a few minutes later. Uh, I think it was Marko Jankovic who smacked it from uh, across into the middle. And Liam Driscoll made the save. It was described as an incredible save, and it was. But it was a Scott Sterling moment. I watched it back. It comes clean, wow. clean off his face. The Falcon. As he makes the save. And then in the second half, uh, South, they took a little bit more control uh, of the game, they probably created the better of the goal-scoring chances in the end, the balance. However, right before full-time, Javi Lopez had to make another another ridiculous save, again off Salmon. Uh, it was a deflected shot, so Javi Lopez had to readjust. And what really impressed me is not only did he get across to make the save, but he had Matt Crooks rushing towards him, ready to bundle home the rebound. So you're expecting Javi Lopez, he gets the hand, it dribbles towards Crooks, and he thwacks yeah, it, into, it yeah. into the net. But he managed to get the palm to it and tip it up, like almost like volleyball-style spike it up away out of danger. So incredible saves from both keepers. Um, Javi Lopez continuing to justify the little swap that went on mm. between uh, him at, at Bentley and Pierce Clark, then at South Melbourne. Uh, but a cracking game, maybe in the end to draw a fair result, but I have no idea. <laughs> how this game ended uh, nil all. It's proof that you can have a, yeah, a, a good, good nil, nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. So the, what that means, South Melbourne still two points. Well, now not still. The, the gap is closed there. Two yeah. points clear of Oakley. Green Gully have dropped to fifth. Well, it's a bit harsh on Gully as well, is it? They, they yeah, get a they draw, draw against they, the top side and they, they go down drop. to fifth. So Gully going to their next game. Well, Gully have now had two draws in back-to-back games and it doesn't get much easier. They take on Bentley in their next game at home before heading over to take on Melbourne Knights. A decent, a decent run for them in the next little portion. So Knights, St. Albans, Hume before Heidelberg away, Eastern Lions, Dandy Thunder. So they don't have to play any side above them for the rest of the season. So Green Gully might be priming themselves for a little bit of a decent run at it now in the next few weeks. They're four points ahead of Bentley. So that's going to be a really, really exciting contest on mm. Friday night. South Melbourne, on the other hand, as we mentioned, still two points clear. They should get the job done against Eastern Lions before. Again, a bit of a thin run over the next two. With I was taking on Dandy Nong before that game against Oakley, which shapes up to be probably the game of two seasons um, because of obviously the yes. permutations yes. for 2021. Uh, let's move on to the next one, Lockie. Let's go to the Croatian Derby. Croatian Derby. Melbourne Knights won. St. Albans Saints won. Uh, Saints saving a point at the end there. Uh, Knights taking the lead quite fortuitously, a bit of a yeah, mistake Michael at the Gergich back there. with a, a moment that he yeah. will uh, not want to look back on particularly fondly. Just he, he shinned a, an attempted back back pass to to Will Lejeune, and one man you don't want to be giving um, nope. giving a free look to at the moment since he's come in for the Knights is is George Ott. So he gets his second goal uh, in three games, and he just once the the back pass was was latched onto by uh, by Ott, he just finished it nonchalantly and he's buried it continues to to look very very good in red i mean it was a pretty even game in the end as you said adam hodor uh, getting an equalizer just after the half on on the 56 minute pretty even game uh knights probably edged the chances lejeune will lejeune who was uh in for his first back-to-back start of the season in place of hayden brown uh had a shaky start but made a cracking save uh off the corner from jack marth 
And then right before the full-time whistle, Steve Sockol burned a half volley that he should have scored. He's, mm. I think, unfortunately, Steve Sockol's got a, a, a case of the yips because I think I think it's been about nine games since his uh, his last goal in the NPL Victoria, and is a, a far cry from I think it was fourteen or fifteen that he he scored for the year in NPL WA last year. So he's clearly got signs of being a a far better player than he is, but I think he just needs to to mm. find the back of the net sooner rather than later. But the big talking points to come out of this game. Um, other than the the result, which probably doesn't really do too much for either of the teams, a one or draw, uh, an injury for Jan Albano inside 30 minutes. So I was kind of hoping or expecting that this game, if Knights get the win, might push them on to a sort of a late run because they've got winnable games coming yeah. up, um, players coming back from injury, new faces in the door. Uh, but Jan Albano potentially with a hamstring could see him out for a, a while, hopefully not because he's been playing so well this mm. season. Uh, would probably rule that out. But I talked about new faces. And the other big thing that I want to mention is Taylor Shrivers, a 25-year-old New Zealander, uh, came in first game for Knights, first start, uh, played out the full 90 minutes alongside Aiden Bryce. And I think the Knights' defence looked far, far better for having him in the middle. And he just was there to sort of ease the burden on Aiden Bryce as well because at times defensively, I think he's been doing it a little bit on his own occasionally. So... On the early evidence from Taylor Shrivers, really, really good. I think one to one to watch out for for, for NPL Victoria viewers um, well, as the 25-year-old continues to bet in at Summer Street. Well, a bit disappointing uh, for Melbourne Knights. Ever since that win against South Melbourne, they've gone winless in their last three games. Yeah. They now take on Hume in their next game away from home. That shapes up to be a massive game for Knights, especially for Hume too. We'll get to Hume in just a second with their game against Bentley, but Melbourne Knights' hopes of finals... Very much up in the air. Going to be very, very tough for them to make up the ground. St. Albans, on the other hand, though, they're nine points clear of Hume and also nine points clear of Dandy City. I think they need to still just keep that in the back of their mind. That it's I know it's nine points. Yeah. And I know that's going to be tough they're for Hume and Dandy City. probably fine. But it's not... 100% safe. They haven't won in their last four games. They've only scored once in their last four games Yeah, as well, well, that was the thing is that uh, Adam Honnell's yeah. equaliser broke, broke the, yeah. the, the so, drought for them. So they've only won one game in their last nine, and yeah. that is concerning to it say is. the least because they are being dragged closer and closer towards that mm. relegation zone, and they've got a very tough game at home against Heidelberg before a game against Hume City, and they still have to play Eastern Lions in that run as well. So you do get a sense that St. Albans should do enough to stay up. But don't win against Heidelberg. Hume City win that game as well. Dandy City gets some points yeah. as well. And suddenly it's not entirely safe. I think they'll have enough. They should have enough. I'm not going to put the jinx on them. But they just need to be careful. It's something just to keep in the back of their mind because yeah, their form true. is not great at the moment. That is true. Well, you mentioned in that run a nil or draw uh, between themselves and the Bentley Greens, which is a good result for St. Albans. But Bentley Greens uh, ending up this weekend with another nil or draw this against time. Hume, yeah. Against Hume City. Great point for Hume. Uh, Tough for Bentley. Great point for Hume. Another sort of profligate display, this one, for, for Bentley, unfortunately. I mean, I, I noted, um, not this week, but the, the week before, that Bentley have scored more goals from outside the box. I mean, everyone knows that. But it's like, it's. I knew that they'd scored the most goals from outside the box. I think the official figure is 13. But I didn't realise how much better that was than mm. the rest of the league. I think it's almost like seven or eight more goals than the next nearest in the competition. Yeah. So I just wonder if maybe, obviously, two games have gone back-to-back now without scoring with a pretty strong squad. I just wonder if maybe that luck of, you know, whenever you're scoring a lot of bangers, you are sort of get, being the beneficiary yeah. of, you know, unlikely... Absolutely. Um, 
I don't want to use the word XG, but I'm going to drop yeah. it. Yep. Uh, yep. You know what I'm go, saying? Go for it. Um, I just, yeah, I just wonder if maybe they're, they're having that difficult spell because things are just leveling out a little bit. Hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully they can they can pick that up sooner rather than later. It's not going to be easy for them. Though, no. Because Gully are a pretty tight team this Friday, but it was a great result, that one, mm. for Heidelberg because obviously Saturday night, the final game of yep. the weekend at Paisley Park, they got the 1-0 win. Adrian Zara doing the damage early with a, a pretty nice goal, actually, cutting in off the left-hand side, which allowed Heidelberg, who... We're in the six for the first time this season uh, off the back of their result last week to consolidate their spot. They've now got yeah. clear air, a nice little three-point buffer between themselves and the Greens. So a great result for the Burgers. Absolutely. And talking about teams that also need to keep a bit of an eye, Altona not entirely clear of the, the trailing pack. Their, uh, I, think, their, I think Altona will be fine. Their defense, is, their defense yep. is too good for them Absolutely. To, to get stuck. But still have some problems up top, Loggy, which I just think they need to you know just keep an eye on. But it's going to be... A big game for them against Port Melbourne. They host them on Saturday and then a very a bit of a tough few weeks after they play Dandy City games against Avondale, South Melbourne and Bentley Greens. Lockie, let's take a short break yep. here on the MB, on the MPL Victoria probably back in just a second. With, um, with Victoria's our, hottest striker. Yes. The man who only scores hat-tricks, only scores in big amounts. The MPL leading goal scorer, Oakley Cannon's own Wade Decker. We caught up with him a little bit earlier. So uh, we're back with that on the other side of this here on the MPL Victoria pod. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the MPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick DeBarno and Lockie Flanagan back here today. It's time to get into our game of the round, Lockie. And it was a massive contest on Saturday night. Port Oakley up against Port Melbourne. A big 3-1 win for Oakley, second versus third. A bit of space now between themselves and Port Melbourne and also closing the gap on Oakley on South Melbourne in the process yeah, as well. just two points now. So it's really closing in and it's becoming a bit of a, a tight title race for potentially two. But we're not going to go into 2021. Yeah. Well, we'll just stay with 2022 for now. Exactly. And not only are we, are we covering uh, the most important game of the round, but we're covering it with uh, one of the most important players. It's not every day you're joined by the Premier Marksman in the NPL Victoria, but on this particular Monday evening, that's exactly what we are doing. Uh, Wade Decker, welcome. Hey guys, how are you? We're good. We're good. We're enjoying your uh, goal-scoring exploits this eve, or this uh, this season, I should say. And you very much, uh, I imagine, enjoyed the three-one win over the Port Melbourne Sharks on the weekend. Take us through the game because if uh, one thing has been true about Port this season, it's been that they've been very hard to put a single goal past at the best of time. But you guys managed to get three past them. Take us through the game. How did you find it? Yeah, no, I thought uh, we played really well, to be honest. Uh, we, yeah, obviously trained to have a bit of a game plan and we stuck to that game plan and it um, obviously just proved to work. Um, we were, you know, good enough to Clarkie score an early goal, which was good. 
which obviously always helps in any type of game to score that early in the second minute. And then not too long after, another one. Um, and so from there, when you get to fairly early goals, it's always going to be harder um, for Port Melbourne or any team in that case to go to, to obviously come back. Um, they obviously had a few chances. Uh, we, I thought, create a few more. Um, and then, yeah, come second half again to score again. Uh, what was it? 60th minute or something around there. Um, and B3 nil up. To be honest, I thought we felt comfortable. Um, and yeah, I thought the way we just played in general was really good. We moved the ball around, we defended well. Um, and yeah, in the end, got us the result we were hoping for. Well, Wade, obviously, this is two wins down the bounce for you guys. You had that bit of a, a lean run uh, where you had two, well, two draws and a loss, and now you guys are back um, in some form now with the win against Altona and against Port Melbourne as well. Um, what was the message coming out of that sort of lean patch and getting you guys back in form? Because it, it was looking a bit concerning for those three weeks, but you guys are now back in some, in some top form once again. It's sort of at a good point now as we get close towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every team goes through a period where, you know, results don't go their way or, you know, something happens. So I guess for us it was, yeah, that little three-week, four-week period. Um, we actually managed to get a, a cup win against Knights during it. So that picked the boys up a bit. And, uh, again, we just started training harder, going back to basics. And uh, it was obviously a solid win against Altona, uh, which, yeah, I thought just set us up, you know, confidence-wise and everything against Port. And so to beat Port the way we did, um, you know, being third and being just a massive big game in general, whether they would have overtaken us or, you know, we edged points closer to South, um, to put a performance like that was um, fantastic by the by the team. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it is what it is in terms of the three weeks that we had a bit of a lull, but um, I feel, yeah, we definitely are back. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Oakley Cannons forward and the uh, leading scorer in the NPL Victoria competition, Wade Decker, obviously coming off the back of a 3-1 win over the Port Melbourne Sharks. Now, Wade, you, you spoke earlier about having a specific plan to, to take on and get around uh, the sort of strengths that, that Port Melbourne bring to the table, Adam Pittick's side. And I know you can't let us directly into the Chris <laughs> Taylor war room, but what was the secret? Because as I said, I don't even know if... Uh, Port would have conceded three goals a, a single time this season, and yet you guys managed to sort of uh, break them apart, this imperious defence. I mean, what what was the key? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, Port, yeah, as you said, they're very structured, very organised. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess we just kept our lines a bit tighter. We just tried to uh, overload the midfield a bit more because that's what they've done in the past to us. So we just tried to overload over overload them and then uh yeah just going forward just doing what we do uh we're a good team that you know is able to break forward well and uh the front three four i mean all of us to be honest we uh i think we link up really well together and just you know on the same wavelength and so as i said earlier it just worked out really well that um you know we're able to win the ball in a good area and break forward and clarky get the early one and obviously got the second one so uh, yeah, we just, I guess that was a bit of the game plan, win the ball and break forward and uh, create some magic where you can. 
Wade, I'm not too sure if you guys are aware of this, but you have the best road form in the league despite playing one less road game than most teams in a round uh, in that point. I think you've you've won seven and, and drawn one and lost one, but it's an amazing run of away okay. form. Do you guys feel like as if, you know, when you go on the road, you guys are galvanised by that, that, you know, going on the road is no big deal. It's something that you guys, you know, relish that opportunity to potentially go over and, and cause a bit of a boil over because you guys have some huge road games coming up in the next few weeks against teams like Avondale and South Melbourne. Is that something that you guys relish? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't aware of that statistic, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously I feel a lot of us just want to challenge and obviously there are big challenges coming up and uh, have been in terms of port at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, we we're a team that, you know, knows when it's a big game and we work hard and work hard for each other. And uh, yeah, we'll play the, to the conditions, we'll play to the game plan and uh, you know, ultimately and hopefully it will work out. Wade, we, we've spent a, a lot of this uh, interview so far praising the, the team as a whole. I think we've got to give a bit more time giving credit to the season that you're having. Obviously, 14 goals sees you atop the NPL Victoria goal-scoring charts at the moment. But what's been most fascinating about this uh, season that you're having for me is you don't seem to, to do things in, in half measures. You've scored, I think... Is it three hat tricks and one of them was a was a four goal hole this season? It just seems that whenever you feel like scoring, you're, you're doing them in uh, in droves. <laughs> is is this a, a conscious thing? It's just are you as um you know bewildered by uh, by that as as we are? Because it's it's just crazy the uh, the goal scoring run you're in. <laughs> no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, look, to be honest, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it's been. I mean, uh, we've just yeah, I've just. I guess, I don't know, uh, when I can obviously uh, score and when the ball's there, I've been able to put it in, I guess. Um, I guess in the end, it's not like we train to get the ball to me or, you know, to Dolce or to Clark. It's just um, whoever's there at the time and make it work type of thing. And, yeah, I mean, to get hat- three hat-tricks so far this season, uh, I wouldn't have thought of it, uh, to be honest, from the start of the season, but... In saying that, in the last two pre-seasons, I've, been, I've managed to score double figures in pre-season, whatever, maybe five to eight games, whatever we play. Um, and so, it's, you know, finally I'm actually quite happy that I've been able to put it in the season. Um, and, yeah, I guess, you know, the goals have been, I've been quite happy, yeah, really happy with them, to be honest. Um, and hopefully they keep coming. Wait, in terms of your attacking stocks, you guys have been bolstered in midweek. Obviously, Ryan Losty coming across from Eastern Lions. He's had a sensational season in a tough year for them, but him coming in. Have, have you had much to do with Ryan since he's come into the club? Has it just been a couple training sessions and all that? Or has he just, you know, sort of, you know, emerged in the past couple of days? Yeah, no, it's definitely just been recent. Um, so I, I hadn't had much to do with him just yet. I think I met him on Thursday at training. Um, and then we played together on the left side uh, in the second half. Um, and uh, I thought him and I did well. We linked up well. He defended really well. Uh, I thought the game he played um, was a, a, yeah, a fantastic debut. He um, yeah played a big part in our team, and I'm sure will play a big part in our team for the, the remainder of the season. I think that's, that's one of the really fun quirks of, of football at this level is that you can have someone come in alongside you literally from one training session and end up playing a, <laughs> playing a game with them in, in a few days, just a few days later. Because believe it or not, with the mid-season window going on, that's not the only story I've heard of that happening uh, 
happening this week. But he, Ryan Losty, links in with, uh, you know, a number of attacking talents that have been going great guns for the Cannons this season, including yourself, of course. But how much uh, mm. are you enjoying playing alongside you know, a front three of, uh, of Knowles and, uh, and obviously Daniel Clark as well, Joe Guest in behind? All of you are having brilliant seasons in your own right. I mean, how much fun is it to, to play in an attacking outfit like that? Oh, I mean, that's why I play the game, right? Um, so, yeah, just go out and play with freedom and just uh, enjoy what I'm, we're doing, enjoy playing. Uh, I feel probably for me, the you know, it's a couple of seasons ago before COVID, it was a bit hit and miss because, you know, I was on the bench here and there. And um, this year to have consistency and just the licence to play freely uh, with, you know, as you said, Clarky, Guesty, Nolsey, you know, even Tyson and Ollie behind them and even our left and right backs, Fish. And, I mean, the whole team in general, to be honest, um, everyone's, you know, had has fantastic experience in uh, in what they've achieved. Um, but, yeah, I guess going forward, it's, uh, yeah, as you said, very lethal. Uh, we link up well. We've all played high level and different levels that we just understand each other and know how to move and work with each other. So, uh, it obviously helps a lot uh, having you know those uh, guys being able to link up with. So definitely am not complaining whatsoever, um, but very happy and enjoying the season so far. Hey, Wade, uh, can't forget that obviously it's a pretty exciting time for Oakley, not just in terms of the title race, but round of 32 of the Australia Cup is just around the corner. And it's a big opportunity for Oakley and a lot of yourself and a lot of other teammates to be on the national stage again. I guess how exciting is it to, to get that opportunity to play in the Australia Cup, something that obviously you were quite familiar with from your days back at Melbourne City too, but that chance to even maybe host an A-League side or go on the road and maybe play one of the national, one of the other NPL sides in another state, how, how exciting is that for you and your teammates? Oh, very exciting for sure. Um, I mean, and just for the club as well to be knocked out, I think the last two or three seasons just before the round of 32. So, to finally do it this year and in the style that we did being Melbourne Knights 4-0, uh, it was a great thing for the club and for us as a team and players. So, no, we're very excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're happy to, happy to do whatever, whether it's host an A-League team or, um, you know, travel. That would be awesome because we haven't done that for a while. Uh, and, yeah, I think as a team as well, we, we, we have a point to prove. Um, we want to we wanna do well in it. So... We are ready to take on whoever whoever it is uh, drawn. Is it Wednesday? I think it's drawn. I think it's Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, you say you're willing to do whatever, and something that you and the, the rest of the sort of first choice 11 have had to be very willing to do week in, week out is, is pretty much play the full 90 because we know that yeah, your head coach, Chris Taylor, is not necessarily someone who, who likes to make changes. He likes to... You know, put his faith in the the people who are delivering for him, and it does mean that you guys play an awful lot of football. I mean, how, how is how is the body, and how do you find that challenge of having to go again for pretty much the whole game so consistently? Yeah, um, look. To be honest, for me personally, I'm feeling good. Uh, body's holding up well, uh, and I think to be honest, most of us are doing quite well. I think we are managed well in terms of our loads. Uh, you know, after a game, you know, in terms of trainings and things, um, being the first training, not too much, and obviously increase it from there. But, um, yeah, my body's feeling well. From what I know, all the other boys are doing well, um, making sure we do our recovery. And, 
yeah, obviously it's going to be quite busy coming up now that we're in the Doherty Cup as well, mm. the Australian Cup, obviously the season. So it will get busy at some point soon, uh, depending who we draw. Uh, so, yeah, I guess ask me that question a few weeks and we'll see how we're going. But um, at the moment, <laughs> we're pretty good. Well, hopefully that answer is, is still the same in, in a few weeks' time for, for yourself, Wade, because it is a, it is a big few Thanks. weeks coming up, obviously, Dandenong City this Friday, but then Avondale and South Melbourne in successive weeks. I mean, that's a huge, huge month coming yep. up for the club. How, how are you looking ahead to those month of crunch fixtures, which could go a long way to de- deciding the sort of Premier's plate, not just uh, not just this year, but the year before too. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The year before too, as well. Uh, right? <laughs> Is um, it, do you guys think about that at all? I, I have to know from the players' <laughs> perspective. Does it come up? Uh, I think someone mentioned it once or twice. Like, <laughs> not really. Um, but I think someone mentioned the other day. It's like, oh, by the way, we're we're doing all right in the previous <laughs> season. Um, <laughs> We just got to beat South and it should be ours. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of in the back of the mind. I think, though, with the season we're having this season, I think that's definitely our main focus. We're not too worried about um, the last season. I think the results will take care of themselves. But, um, yeah, as you said, Avondale and South Melbourne coming up and I think Bentley's in there. Mm. Um, It's going to be another big month. And, yeah, if we do what we did um, when we had it in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, hopefully, well, it could finish off a really good season. So we'll um, see what happens. And obviously, yeah, looking forward, we'll train hard again and put a game plan together. And hopefully, yeah, the results can go our way. Just one more before we let you go, Wade. You mentioned the heavy schedule. We won't be seeing you make a trip back down to the church league anytime soon, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. Um, no, I'm joking. Probably, probably not at the moment. But um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be down there supporting my brothers and cousins that are playing. No, for sure, for sure. Well, Wade, good luck for this weekend. Thanks again for coming on. Um, again, you know, you're in some ripping form. It's been great to see you week in and week out, and great to see Oakley week in and week out. And there might be some silverware on the end of it. So again, thank you so much, and uh, we'll chat to you again very soon. Oh, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.